Good morning, this is Mike and welcome back to Driving Theology. I am on my way to work and running just a little bit late. Hopefully things will work out. Not too late, too late, I'm afraid. You know, the older I get, <laughs> Sometimes I just get down rat, down rat distracted. Uh, anyway, my car belt on now, and uh, yeah, what's going on with you guys? So uh, if you've not uh, listened to Driving Theology, um, let me just tell you how this works. Uh, I just kind of uh, sometimes rant and rave, well not so much rave, but talk about uh, things uh, hopefully theological, uh, at least I try to make a theological point in everything I talk about, uh, things that have come up during my week, um, and yeah, so I do it while I'm driving so that uh, I don't have anything to lean on. Uh, uh, you know, make me sound more intelligent or whatever. Um, I just depend on, you know, what I've read and I don't do any preparation for this. Aside from the fact that I, I'm just always reading these days and what I like to do. Currently, I'm still in the uh, uh, Boyd's Mammoth work on uh, on um, Violence and God, called the Crucifixion of the Warrior God. Uh, passed about page 729, maybe 28, maybe on page 728 of the uh, 1400 plus page book. Uh, yeah, all I can do. Uh, so yeah, I, I just basically talk for about 30, probably the average of 32 minutes uh, while I'm driving to work and try to uh, run things over in my mind, things that are going on uh, either in my life or in uh, you know, the current affairs of the world. Uh, my context is Japan, but I am from America, but I've lived in Japan for 22 years, so uh, I'm in my late 40s, so really close to having been in Japan for half of my life. Not quite there yet, but getting closer. I have kind of a bee-like bug in my car. Freak me out too much. Uh, so if it gets a little loud for a minute, because I'm going down my window to shoot this guy out of here. Right now, I got it. Oh, come back in. I got it. Uh, yeah, so that's who I am. And we have just about, uh, actually, we haven't passed it yet. We're about to the second anniversary of this podcast. So it's been going, going on for over two years now. Uh, we have over 70 podcasts 
in two formats. One is me driving by myself, and that is the lion's share of the podcast. But I think four or five times I, I invite friends to come with me, and and so we have something called team team casts. We we all record together as we drive. Um, kind of an interesting thing to do. I really prefer that. Of course, getting people together and you know going on a 30 or 40 minute road trip every week is really not feasible. Not right now. Maybe sometime we will. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, you may also notice that my voice is just a little bit off. I've got a, a bit of a cold. Um, thought it was allergies, but man, it's hung up too long. Here, so pretty sure it's too cold, but it's pigweed season here in Japan. They call it Sakusan. And it's uh, blooming here in the early autumn. And uh, a lot of people have allergies to that. Detroit as well. Anyway, if it started out as an allergy, it is uh, to be a full-blown cold. Uh, so my throat's just a little bit raw. I may have to pause for some uh, sips of coffee, which I'm going to do right now. Oh, that. Man, speaking of coffee, <clears throat> I, uh, and well on the way now, uh, in two or three months, I should be uh, co-owning a cafe. I've been out of the cafe business for a long time. That's kind of what I was getting into before I came to Japan. Uh, I was a uh, barista, the manager in a cafe. Uh, while I was in grad school. I really got into that at that time, became a full-blown espresso snob, and, and really at that point, because that's what, you know, everything we did was espresso, we didn't drip or anything like that, uh, I was a full-blown espresso snob. At that point, um, not as much anymore. There's a couple other ways to extract coffee that I like now. Um, I really like French press. I've had good coffee from an AeroPress, uh, one's not so good, one's pretty good. Um, probably just a matter of taste. Um, but we are probably going toward, uh, so the cafe already exists, we're going to kind of take it over. And, so anyway, I'm, I'm getting back into the uh, gourmet side of coffee, you know, the, the beans and the ground and the roast uh, and all of that stuff. And, Trying not to be a, a coffee snob is kind of difficult at this point. Uh, because, as you know, the difference between a, a great cup of coffee and a bad cup of coffee is huge. Uh, a great cup of coffee is flavorful and smooth. It's just the right temperature. Uh, has a nice caffeine kick to it. But a bad cup of coffee can be undrinkable in some instances. Terribly acidic. Uh, the, the roast can be burned. The coffee can be stale. Uh, what I've found, though, is that between America and Asia, it's kind of interesting, um, Japanese tend to think or, or go for 
a darker roast, stronger coffee. And their, their uh, picture of Americans is that they go for the weaker, more watered-down coffee. Well, it's hard to dispute that 20 years ago, but I think in the last 20 years, America and Americans have, have really um, picked up their game and do a much better job these days. Uh, and it's not really a difference of, of um, strong or weak. It's more of a, a difference of roast. Uh, in my experience, Americans tend to favor light to medium roast, and Japanese uh, favor dark, sometimes even French roasted coffee. Um, I, I think that's probably the biggest difference. Uh, that I can see uh, the flavor of the coffee is quite different in that case. But also, the, the lighter the roast, the higher the caffeine content. Uh, and uh, that's also a great benefit in drinking coffee. So how do you, how do you learn a lot about something? Uh, and go far beyond the knowledge that other people have of it and not become a snob. Now, how does how does that work? What does that look like? Because usually we see it the opposite way, right? So if you know a lot about coffee, and when you have bad coffee, you tend to criticize it and, and talk about how your, your coffee or your brewing method or your bean or your roast is superior over everyone else's and the rest is just garbage. You know, that's kind of the direction that we'll go with stuff they know about. We become snobs in our own areas. And, and that happens quite a lot, actually. Uh, we become proud about what we know and put people down about what they don't know and assume that our knowledge of something uh, is makes us superior to uh, other people. Uh, now, on the flip side of that, it's not bad to know a lot about something, right? Know a lot about something. Uh, knowledge, right? I think in general, uh, we would say is a virtue, right? The pursuit of knowledge, I think, is a is a, a positive thing. Should be encouraged. Um, I want to say there's a scripture in the Bible that says that people perish for lack of knowledge. Uh, knowledge um, is a good thing. Knowledge without wisdom is a dangerous thing. Uh, and knowledge without love, right? Knowledge and wisdom without love, uh, I would say, is just useless. Um, and so, whatever we know or think we know, uh, the way we express that to other people is, I think, of all of, uh, of great importance. Is all important. Obviously, Jesus, when he came to earth, um, 
had access, had had access to knowledge of everything, right? I don't know, and I don't pretend to understand what it means to be God incarnate, to be to be spiritual, all-knowing, beginning and end, uh, non-created God in the body of a created uh, human being. I don't know how that dynamic works. I don't know. Uh, how much of uh, the knowledge of God Jesus suspended in itself uh, so that he could experience life as it came. That maybe uh, whatever Jesus did know and whatever he did, you know, such as miraculous things, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we would know how to use that same power, how we could live by the same power of the Holy Spirit. That's how I tend to. <coughs> that's how I tend to um, bend toward that direction. That actually, Jesus, though he was God in the flesh, uh, he limited himself so that the only supernatural things he would know or be able to do came because he depended on the Holy Spirit, just as we must. Uh, so that he could be the uh, person for us to follow, right? Jesus went first, and uh, now we can we can live life and we need it and trust in the Spirit. That that seems that that tends to be how I bend and understand uh, Jesus, but I don't claim that that's the only way to understand. It. But I will say this that. Even though we know Jesus was incredibly strong in the spirit, he didn't seem to just pull out knowledge uh, and be a snob about things for the purpose of showing that he knew more than other people. What came out in Jesus was not his superior knowledge necessarily, but that what he said, he said with authority. It was so hard for for the uh, uh, Pharisees find something uh, bad about Jesus. They're trying to discover how they could trap him so that they could accuse him and get rid of him. But, you know, they really had to stretch and make stuff up uh, in order to, to catch him doing something that, that they could use to justify killing him. We know that they were jealous of his popularity. <clears throat> So just because you know a lot about something uh, does not mean that you are going to be able to uh, express that to other people. And if you can't express it to other people well, uh, you may want to rethink how much you think you know, right? Uh, I think I think the you know knowledge without the ability knowledge of, of good things without the ability to express it eloquently and clearly um, certainly useless. It's like somebody, somebody walking around with the Bible who never learned to read. Um, yeah, the Bible's a good thing, but if you can't read it, uh, how much good is it going to do you? Right? Um, and so knowing things, whether it's about coffee or uh, 
music or <clears throat> mathematics or chemistry, no matter what you know, if you can't express it in a way that people can accept it, then it's pretty useless. And expressing what you know without putting people off is really difficult sometimes. In fact, um, sometimes, no matter how you do it, people are not going to, to accept what you say. Um, because being the person in the know, being the person who has the answers, is highly valued in our society. And everybody wants to think of the, themselves as the people with the answers, as, as a person who, who has things figured out. That's why we like to talk so much, right? Um, um, being the person with the answers uh, can lead to a life of, of uh, you know, some, some privilege and respect and things like that, and so we like to we like to think of ourselves as people who are experts in this field or that field, but in order to do that, oftentimes we belittle people, uh, and we are closed to ideas uh, that are foreign from uh, our own. In other words, if we've decided on something that we know how something works, uh, once we are comfortable in that knowledge, when somebody else comes along and says, well, you know, how, how about this? Could this maybe be true? Uh, oftentimes we close it off right away because we don't want to face the fact that, that somebody else has gone a bit farther than we have on something. Uh, because to do that takes humility. We have to then uh, be uh, humble to accept the fact that somebody knows something that we don't know, right? So humility uh, is something that that definitely does not lead to an easier life or respect uh, in the way that we think of the world. Uh, usually humility uh, leads to being stepped on, trampled, taken advantage of, right? Uh, and so, to survive in this world that we live in, a lot of times we think we have to have the answers. We have to be the people in the know, right? Um, in order for us to thrive in this world, uh, we need to secure a niche uh, in which we know more than other people. And so for me, there's been an area or two that, that is a danger zone that I need to be careful about. Um, that I, you know, places where I think that I know more than those people, and it may or may not be true. But the fact is, if I don't approach my own knowledge from a place of humility and a place of openness, no matter what I say, what I know will be rejected out of hand because of the package sentence, right? Nobody wants to be punched in the face uh, with facts or, or, you know, trivial or random knowledge under the subject of care. 
Um, and anyway, today, uh, the playing field has really been leveled because of the internet. Uh, really, anybody can know anything about anything if they just want to take, you know, enough time to watch uh, enough uh, YouTube videos or read Wikipedia for a long time. You know, uh, all knowledge is pretty much at our fingertips. So knowledge, uh, wonderful knowledge, is now uh, just available. And for those of us who are experts in this field or that field, must now face the fact that other people are going to be able to catch up to us much faster than we can uh, go ahead in whatever field that is. <clears throat> the, the playing field has really been leveled. We now know more than we've ever known before. And yet, what's not keeping pace with that knowledge, I would say, is wisdom and humility. And I would say those two things are, are much more valuable than just knowledge. The knowledge with wisdom and with humility, uh, I think, are just a wonderful thing. You know, um, I'm sorry for the background noise. Turn that down. Some kind of a radio. Um, yeah, so, you know, as I, as I go into this new business venture, and I'm studying more about coffee and working on different techniques, and, uh, you know, getting, getting, uh, get into roasting things like this, you know, how can we do that and yet not come across that stuff? Um, I think I think there's a couple things. I think um, number one, uh, knowledge and your your own experiences should be shared. They should be free to give out. That instead of just trying to impress people with what we know, we should try to <coughs> bring everybody else up to speed on what we're sure of. And then be willing to discuss uh, things that are are much more um, open open to interpretation, and, you know, um, <clears throat> and you know, discuss things with people, uh, and not try to profit off of our knowledge, so to speak, uh, but to use what we know to bless other people. Uh, and I think that's. That's a great thing. I think that's where the pharmaceutical industry has gone wrong, gone awry. When they get a good drug, they may withhold it until they can make the maximum profit. And it doesn't matter what's equitable. They don't care about uh, you know profits being equitable. They just want to be able to make massive amount of, massive amounts of money for their investors uh, off of these drugs. And so oftentimes they're withheld or just uh, made to be so expensive that, you know, normal people will never be able to, to get the blessing from this new medicine. <clears throat> and so unless the motivation for your knowledge uh, is to improve this life experience of others, 
right? To be able to bless others. Um, just keep it to yourself. That's what I'd say. Um, I hope, I hope that we will all have <clears throat> the faith uh, that says, you know, yes, I, I can make money off of this. Uh, I, you know, this idea that I have or this knowledge and this expertise and this education, I can make a lot of money from this. But I don't want to make that contingent upon me blessing other people. With it. We want to be able to bless other people with what we do. So whether it's your knowledge of God and Jesus and the Bible uh, and the spiritual things, uh, whether it's, you know, some kind of a talent you have, you know, acting or, or painting or, or singing or, you know, playing an instrument. <clears throat> uh, whether it's the ability to make something, whether, it, you know, you're a carpenter or a chef uh, or a barista, uh, anything like that. Or whether, you know, uh, you just have knowledge that, uh, for example, in chemistry and mathematics, all of those things, I think if we will humbly realize that, you know, we, we are blessed uh, with that knowledge, uh, I, I hope we'll have take less ownership of it, right, and try to allow other people to experience it themselves and to learn themselves. <laughs> Again, I know I'm kind of rambling here, um, but there are places that, in my life that I can be, uh, that I tend to be proud of, proud of my ability or something. And I know that whenever that comes out, that whenever I, I take a stance of being proud, usually it's at someone else's expense, and it causes separation in relationships between anybody that I do that to. And I can point to times in my life where this happens. Uh, and sometimes the relationships never get repaired because of one lashing out of pride. Uh, and you hope that you've learned your lesson. Uh, but I think we all need to kind of visit from time to time where we are with that. Now, how proud am I because I can do this or because I know this? How proud am I in my education or my or, um, my grades? And where's my heart on all that? Is my heart in a place of wanting to bless other people because of what I can do or because of what I know? Or is it that I want to use it uh, for personal gain to make a profit? that's going to make all the difference in the world. <clears throat> Whether or not what we know or what we can do blesses the world. And that is, you know, where's our heart? Why, why did we want this knowledge in the first place? Or, you know, what is our first inclination to do with it?
you know, I think there is something to be said, though, for how we do things. If you take coffee, for example, yeah, it's pretty easy to go to the store. Even if you're going to make yourself, it's easy to go to the store and get instant coffee, right? Just add hot water. All you got to do is add hot water. You don't need to measure anything. You just the cup, start up, and drink it. Now, you take that experience from a cup of coffee that's been well-made by a person who knows how to uh, use the elements involved in coffee uh, in, in a way that brings them together for the ultimate experience. You know, there is something to be said for the time and the effort that goes into that uh, and, and the, the final um, the outcome, the, the result of that is far superior or should be far superior to something you can do in an instant. Uh, and so doing that, as you know, if that's your job to do that for other people, you know, that, that's a great thing. But I think also to teach people to be able to do that for themselves is also a blessing, right? It's also a, <clears throat> a good thing to teach people to slow down, to take their time, uh, and to, uh, it's almost like a Zen experience when you make coffee well, you know. Uh, no, I'm not quite there. You know, like I said, I've, I've, I've been making coffee now for years and years and years just at my house. Um, but, you know, with my job is something else. A lot of times I'm just, you know, doing the process as quick as I can so I can get the, the uh, caffeine into my blood in the shortest amount of time. <clears throat> I'm a bit of a coffee-aholic. Coffee, coffee, But there is something to be said for slowing down the process and being more involved in each step of the process and, and realizing that when you do that, every time you make a cup of coffee, you come out a little bit different every time. It's not, not set in stone the product you're going to get. But as you, as you take joy and learn to focus, step of a process, I think it tends to quiet down your life a little bit. Right? It helps you see that, you know, time is ticking away, and yet you can be fulfilled in taking time with doing things. You know, when you take time, take time to sit down and read a book instead of watching a YouTube video. If you, you know, take time to, to cook a meal from scratch instead of going to McDonald's. Um, that product that results from the loving time and focus that you put into it, I think is, is appreciated by people. <laughs> they can sense it. There's a, there's a different sense to the product. And I think that's the same. Uh, there's a, there's a, let's say this, there's a peacefulness to it. Right? There's a, there's a quiet um, serenity to, to that process of lovingly shaping elements into delicious food. 
that I think oftentimes is taken away by, you know, instant this and instant that. Yes, all the you know all the recipes now, man. You can find everything on the internet. <clears throat> Very few things are hidden. Um, who knows? Maybe the uh, recipes of Kentucky Fried Chicken and Coke will be the only two things left hidden in the world from the internet. Maybe they'll be able to do it. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, but. By and large, um, yeah, those, that it, that knowledge is out there, but the the wisdom and the care and the focus that goes into using those things well, using knowledge well, I think is where we can improve uh, as a society uh, and as as a humanity. Well, that's just fast. <laughs> Everything today is, is rushed. Everything's fast. It's all about the speed uh, and the efficiency. Uh, and relationships are not about speed or efficiency. So where we are suffering... We are suffering a, a big human cost with all of this speed and efficiency. And I would even put in there punctuality. Um, this this enslavement time, I think, is where we're suffering the most. And I'm going to have to stop it there. I am at my destination. And, uh, Hope this meant something to you. Um, bye bye. Bye bye.